this is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, your home for serious journalism only on AmericasWebRadio.com. It's Get Fired Up Day. We've got some uh, some outstanding guests coming in. One of my my favorite social media personalities, Mr. Joe McCutcheon, is going to be calling in. As uh, many of y'all know, Rand Paul formally announced running for president today, which means we have two senators on the Republican ticket that have announced ready for Teddy Cruz and stand with Rand Paul. Many of us are kind of holding out, waiting to see when some of these governors and a, a guy named Bush may announce, not George W., but Jeb, who is uh, collecting a lot of money. So we can assume his his jumping in point will happen pretty quickly. David, you told me that you had been watching Rand Paul's speech at his announcement up in Louisville, Kentucky. I've been getting, Rand has been getting rave reviews, Rand, or rave Rand reviews today. What did you, uh, I know you caught bits and pieces of it. What kind of snippets stood out to you as Rand, Dr. Rand Paul announced his candidacy today? Well, uh, one, you know, I, uh, Personally, being in the business, like to look at a person's delivery, and um, he has had the best delivery of anyone that's given a, a announcement speech, or even uh, looking at it from uh, any of any speech in the last two three months. His delivery was excellent. Uh, his speech, uh, the writers, whoever did it, he did it, whoever did it. Uh, had some very good parts uh, or points, and uh, one of them he started his speech to uh, aimed right at the uh, Tea Party people, and that is, we are here to take back our government, and um, it, and the way he said it, the, everything he he was well well prepared and did an excellent job as far as the delivery goes, the substance of it, the p- bits and pieces that I heard. Um, we're very good. Uh, a friend and I were talking uh, shortly after um, he finished, and you know, everybody has him tagged as as one a libertarian and two as uh, an isolationist. And my feeling is, you know, maybe maybe we should look at some of that. Maybe we shouldn't have gone into. Uh, uh, some of the Middle East like we have and the other thing I was telling my friend is that I'm going to look at the person that's going to say if we commit we commit to win we go in, we beat the hell out of them we kill them, we get out and that's it right. You know, we don't do this playing around, well let's hold their hand lead and from behind of, yeah, lead from behind uh-huh. yeah that that yeah. That's the Hillary Obama foreign policy has been a disaster. Push. Is, that, really is that called push? <laughs> you know, and it wasn't push uh, Jesse Jackson. I thought it was the it. Let's Move campaign. But uh, no, that was to fight childhood obesity. Yeah, the uh, Rand Paul certainly is going to be a very interesting candidate. Um, Fox is already out. Uh, they had uh, Lindsey Graham on today, for God's sake. Amnesty Gramnesty on. And he, he said, Lindsey described himself as being basically a libertarian, which makes a lot of us scoff because yeah. Lindsey Graham is about the farthest thing from a libertarian that exists. He's the, the epitome of a, a neocon. But he came out saying that Rand Paul 
Paul's foreign policy was to the left of Obama. So you're already seeing the formation of the circular firing squad in the Republican Party, which we had this happen to us uh, several years ago with Mitt Romney. And uh, during that campaign, we actually had far less qualified people running for office. You had like Michelle Bachman's. You had a, a, a veritable clown car, which I'll agree with the assessment that many of those candidates, that's why we basically had a new uh, leader every two weeks. You know, it was kind of like the, the Baskin-Robbins flavor of the week. Yeah. And then we find nobody really was that excited about Romney. To me, he was the inevitable choice. I thought he was certainly qualified. He was far more qualified than Barack Obama when Obama became president. So, But maybe we need to throw out our traditional definition of qualifications, right? I mean, they, it, previously, if, if we're not going to mandate that uh, the president has to have uh, service in the armed forces, that would be the only qual- real qualification that I could see that uh, I, I don't think it'll ever happen. We've obviously had several presidents that did not have any military experience, but the current one, it's showing his lack of military oh, experience. Yeah. He has no clue is showing uh, Hillary Clinton her term as Secretary of State is an un- fat ass it's an un- uh, it's an unmitigated disaster every every region on the planet is worse off it's it's that old question are you better off four years now you know were you better off four years now or four years ago right I think clearly everywhere except the United States we are showing pockets of improvement but almost everywhere in the world is worse off after the Clinton-Obama foreign policy than anybody else. Now, Russia may Russia may argue with me a little bit. Russia may say, oh, we have Ukraine now. We are marching to Kiev. Greg, you are wrong. You have weak leader. He's very flexible. But the point is, everywhere for Americans when they travel abroad is far more dangerous. And Rand Paul, I don't think he's quite as non-interventionist as his father was, Ron Paul, who did, in many respects, have a dangerous foreign policy that he thought if we just left everybody alone that uh, nothing bad would happen. But clearly, when you let things manifest in uh, West Africa, Somalia, other part of Afghanistan, the Middle East, Yemen, you're going to have pockets expand, and you're going to have Muslim extremists expand, and other terrorists, and other people that are going to prey upon the weakness of others. So we do have a job in the world. It's just to determine what level and what you just said about, okay, if we are going to intervene, we need to make sure we win and not do this lead from behind. Let's not get our hands dirty, but just show that we we care a little bit, tacit uh, concern for, for the international. You know, uh, something else that I hope somebody brings up besides and we brought it up on on your show we brought it up on many of our shows here and uh, a friend brought it up to me today and said what do you know about and i i couldn't answer him but you know this administration the lying deceitful and it, and it's from top to bottom bottom to top in this administration has lied to us but they've done a hell of another job that that nobody that I know of is questioning. And this is, you know, we, for what, the last two and a half weeks, three weeks, all of the news media has been aimed at one thing, and that's the treaty with Iran. Oh, yeah. Getting this nuclear arms deal done. Well, wait, 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 wait. I want to, just three weeks ago, when all of the news media focused on 
Iran is in Iraq helping beat back ISIS? Well, what's happened to that? <laughs> what happened to Tikrit? Huh? I mean, do you know? Yep. I haven't heard a damn thing about it. Nope. And C- I'm, CNN's you know, still tracking down a German pilot. So Yeah, well, this, you know, this administration, if you think about it, Starting, I think, with fast and other than starting with his birth certificate, which is a uh, pardon me, a lie. But starting with his birth certificate on, fast and furious. Uh, you go to I, you know, you the just IRS. Go on, IRS, on and on and on. The media starts looking at it, and they're over here looking at the left hand, and then all of a sudden blows up on the right hand. And they're looking. Yeah, everybody's and they get, looking. They get and bored. And and here's the thing: Obama's out there last week talking about how great this deal he's got with Iran. It's a good deal, and everybody needs to be behind it. And I'm like, you're the guy who traded Bo Bergdahl, a deserter, for the Taliban all-star team, and now we expect you to negotiate a, nu- a nuclear treaty with with, with Persia. I, I, you know, your credibility is uh, its negative. Uh, it's like Kelvin. That's has, his temperature. Has anybody seen a copy of the, the negotiation? No, 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 no. You have, to, you have to pass it before you find out what's in it. That's oh. literally what they've said. They said, we've agreed to this, but now we're going to draft it up. Everybody sign on to it. And God forbid the 47 senators that sent Iran and the Ayatollahs over there, a little bit of a civics lesson for how our government works that the president does negotiate treaties, but it's the Senate and the Congress, or the Senate, I guess, that, that signs them and ratifies them. So Obama can write all the executive orders that he wants. But once we get somebody in there with half a brain in 2017, a lot of these things are going to be repealed. That was that was another thing that Mr. Rand said, that as soon as he got in the 18th of January, or whatever the date is, uh, that he would take office would be the day that he repeals all of the executive orders and takes that power. <laughs> it's gonna away. be a long. It's gonna be a long day. That'd be old. He better get up. Early you you may on. need a fortnight for that one, Doctor Paul. But uh, what what I what we are seeing, David, was with uh, Ted Cruz, our, our guest calling in at two fifteen. A guy named Joe McCutcheon. He's a big Ted Cruz guy. He's also one of the most uh, prevalent talk. He has a talk show uh, up in Dalton area, and also calls into a lot of shows. So uh, he's an unabashed Ted Cruz supporter. So he's uh, ready for Teddy, if you will. There's also the stand for Rand. Personally, I'm I'm waiting for Scott Walker to jump in this mix and. And uh, I think I think the governors in this race are going to stand out uh, just ahead of the senders. And also Marco Rubio is uh, thinking about um, jumping in. He's got an announcement set up. So I think we're really going to see a domino effect now. Ted Cruz, I think, did a uh, strategic move that uh, is paying off because he's clearly going after the evangelical vote right now. And it's working. He came out with a commercial already that clearly shows that he's going to go for, like, the Huckabee wing of the party. I wonder what happens if Huckabee jumps in. Him and Cruz will have to arm wrestle over uh, over that subject of it. But, he's uh, going to jump in, I think. Uh, and, you know, you brought up an interesting point that... Uh, as usual. Graham... Uh, Graham-nesty. Uh, yeah, Graham-nesty was already uh, uh, shooting arrows at, at Rand Paul. Yep. You know, my feeling is that the Republicans better extract their heads from where they keep them in a rather dark place. And I don't have objection one to saying to saying it's I somewhat disagree with this candidate or that candidate, but don't start knocking your own party. Right. 
You know, it's fine to have different opinions. My opinion is that we should do it this way. Yep. If it's well, not, it does it does permanent damage because it'll brand people. They, they they a lot of folks get sound bites from social media, Twitter, Facebook, other bits and pieces. So when you're arguing on social media about your different candidates, and then you start name calling and, and and dragging up every little incident that you don't agree with their policy and calling them horrible monsters, the tacit observer, the one that worries about paying taxes and taking their kids to soccer practice. That that's all they see from the Republicans is this brutal infighting. And and, and if you're and if you're an outsider and you're or you're independent or you're not a, a hard party liner, you're going to say, you know what? They, they have such a negative message going on that amongst, I, themselves. I, amongst themselves, why would I want to get involved with that? It looks like if I pick somebody over there, I'll be lambasted for having an opinion, and yeah. I, that that's really causes me great concern. Is that we need a unifying. Uh, figure on the Republican Party, and well, I think the Republican go- Party, everybody in it should have one focus: winning. Everything else is second, right? And they need to pick the person that has the best. I think we're going to be able to have a great lineup of folks that actually have pedigrees and resumes and experience. We're going to come back. We'll be back with Joe McCutcheon in a couple minutes on Greg's list to talk about the uh, presidential race and maybe mention Ted Cruz, who's also been in the news lately. We'll be back in a minute on Greg's list. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that will really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on America's Web. Radio.com with us right now is a uh, just an awesome guest. I'm excited about uh, having Joe McCutcheon on the show, calling in from Northwest Georgia. Is it? It's Get Fired Up Day here on Greg's List. Joe, thanks so much for calling in. Welcome to the show. 
Ray, great to be on your show. That's quite an honor. I thank you so very much. Well, I've uh, the one thing that a lot of people don't know about you, Joe, is you always keep uh, who you support really close to the vest. I mean, nobody, <laughs> nobody ever yeah. knows who Joe McCutcheon is supporting. So uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity. I think uh, you mentioned this Ted Cruz character. Is that that's who you like for uh, for president twenty sixteen? Isn't it? Yeah, you, yeah, you're exactly right, Greg. I think in my I've been involved in 50 years of politics, over 50 since I was president of the student body at Georgia Tech. And in my opinion, Ted Cruz, I'm a Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, and now I call myself a Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher, Ted Cruz conservative. In my judgment, Cruz is the best person that's ever run for president. He's dropped dead brilliant. He was a championship debater in, in college. And I'll tell you something. People, when they see Ted Cruz get it, none of the Republicans want to debate Ted, and I'm sure Hillary doesn't. Ted Cruz is going to really show the world that he is a true champion of the taxpayers when he starts debating his Republican opponents. And, of course, after he wins the nomination, I don't think Hillary is going to look forward to debating him at all, Greg. Well, not with yeah, well, not with Hillary's abysmal uh, track record as Secretary of State. You mentioned uh, debating. We just had another debate opponent or a potential one announced today, Rand Paul, who is getting rave reviews for his uh, for his announcement speech today. What do you think about the two senators in the race now? And what do you think about some governors jumping in? Do you think we're going to get a, a wide swath of uh, of candidates to to pick? can choose from yes i know uh, i've been i know rand's father ron paul i visited with him in washington great guy and uh, I, I think rand paul's a fine candidate to, i don't have anything but good thing to say about him scott walker as far as i'm concerned they're all very fine men and very well qualified i just happen to think that uh, ted cruz is the best but as you say rand paul entered today and i think uh, marco rubio is going to end next week uh enter the race and of course scott walker and of course uh Bush. So it's going to be a lot of people, but uh, in my opinion, Ted Cruz is the best leader, and we need somebody that's going to lead. Cruz won't capitulate. You know, too many Republicans, I am so upset with Georgia Republicans for passing a tax, a gas tax, and a motel tax increase. I don't even call myself a Republican anymore. I call myself a Reagan, Thatcher, Cruz, conservative. I am really upset with the Republicans for all they're good at doing, it seems like, is caving, capitulating, and compromising, and raising taxes. So I am disgusted with most Republicans. Now you got well, we're just talking about Cruz. So no, 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 no. Wait, hey, I like I like uh, cover it, running the gamut here. I was thinking we could call you an RTCC, Reagan Thatcher Cruz conservative. That that yes, would actually that's exactly right. I think State Senator William Legon is doing a good job for the taxpayers. I think my nephew Hunter Hill is doing a a good job, I think, uh, Jeff Jones. There's some good uh, Republicans, uh, Josh McCoon. But a lot of these Republicans that voted for this tax increase, hey, let me tell you, Greg, Joe McCutcheon will vote for a challenger. I am fed up with Republicans that talk conservative in Washington and Atlanta and then vote for more spending and taxes. We have an $18 trillion debt in Washington that my seven grandchildren are going to have to pay. So that's another reason I feel Cruz... Cruz doesn't cave, capitulate, and compromise like most Republicans. He's tough. He's smart. He ain't, he's rock dead brilliant, and he'll fight for the taxpayers as, as well as anybody in my lifetime. And so that's why one reason I'm so fired up. But yeah, the Republicans. I don't know what you think, but I have been really disgusted with the Georgia Republican Party. 
We now have two parties. We got the Democrat Party and Democrat Light, which is the Republican Party. What do you think about that? Well, yesterday I uh, I posted something that a cynic would describe the 2015 legislation session as more weed, more beer, and more taxes. Thank you, Republicans. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Now, you know, I, think, I want to say a good word about David Perdue. I think David's doing a good job. He's only been up there three months, but uh, I think David Perdue is going to be a taxpayer champion. I, I certainly think so. But most of those people in Washington and Atlanta, they just talk conservative, they capitulate, cave, and compromise, and vote for more spending. And in the case of Georgia, you know, these little motels in Georgia, high in the world... Can the Georgia Republican Party pass a $5 tax on every motel in Georgia? That is just the most ridiculous, sad. It's, it's sad to me what's happened to the Georgia Republican Party. Uh, they just, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they, they're they, not they, conservative. They're, uh, can we even call them moderate, Greg? <laughs> well, they, they put a tax on strippers and now a tax on no-tell motels. So clearly, this is not a good situation for the adult entertainment industry here in Georgia. Yeah, that's true. Well, we need we need people. You know, there's a lot of ways. I think you and I could go to Washington. I think we could probably cut out 30% of the federal employees up there, and the next day nobody would even know it. These, these politicians, Republicans and Democrats, they never look to cut waste. They always look at a way to raise taxes, increase spending, and frankly, I'm disgusted with them, and I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to vote Republican. Well, I'll, you know, I'll vote Republican for a conservative like Cruz or David Perdue or State Senator William Ligon or my nephew Hunter. But I'm not going to be voting for many Republican incumbents. I think I think you're going to see a lot of Republican incumbents defeated the next time around. Well, I, I think some of the frustration that uh, that we feel is that the Republicans run on this limited government, lower taxes platform, and then once they get elected, they, they do the polar opposite. And for people that go out and knock on doors and cut checks and actively support candidates, and then they go under the gold dome or under the... Uh, the, the buildings in D.C., uh, they, they, they feel like they've been lied to. And, you know, the Democrats, I give them credit, they, they love big government. They think government solves all problems, and they own it. They've been owning it. But the Republicans pretend that they want to eschew government, and that they do the opposite. Many of them do. I don't want to make a carte blanche statement about it. But I think that's the biggest frustration. But let's talk about specific cuts. And I think a lot of things, a lot of the frustration in Georgia is, I don't feel like our legislature did a good job explaining that there was no more to cut. I, th- I think there's always a lot of fat, especially in a bu- uh, uh, annual budget that's ballooned from $17 billion to almost $21 billion within a span of four years. You can't tell me there's not a few places we could uh, we could cut a little bit, Joe. Well, I have nothing against uh, Nathan Deal, but I, he was my congressman for 18 years, and I would never <laughs> use the word conservative to describe him. <laughs> I don't think he looks for... I, well, I'm just disgusted with these higher taxes. No, they don't look for spending cuts in Washington or Atlanta. They just look at a, at a way they can get in a tax increase on the, or a spending increase on the American people. And frankly, I tell Republican, I'm telling Republican voters, don't vote for these Republican incumbents. Vote for the, vote for the challenger. And I hope a lot of, I hope there'll be a lot of challengers come forward to, to challenge these Republicans that voted for this gas tax increase because I don't plan to vote for any of them. Any of them that voted for a gas tax increase, Joe McCutcheon has no plans to vote for them. Well, and I, I think most people ought to follow that. You know, you gotta, don't listen to what a politician says, Greg. They all say they're conservative, but when you check their record, they vote. And, and I love Johnny Isaacson. Johnny is, I was an SA at Georgia Tech. He was an SA at, 
uh, at Georgia. Great guy, but I don't. I would never call Johnny a conservative. We have got to get elect conservatives who will really look for ways to cut waste, cut spending, and and most of them do not do that. Republicans, but this is the most disgusting legislature that I've ever seen. I thought, boy, I was so excited. You know, the Republicans are taking over the House and Senate in Georgia. Well, my goodness, all they've turned into uh, now is a bunch of, uh, they're doing the things the Democrats did. Uh, you know, we'll spend more money, tax you more, no, nothing about waste. So I'm, I'm pretty much disgusted with the, with the Republicans in Washington and in Georgia, with some exceptions. Greg, there's some good ones. Yep. But well, I what think do you, you think? would agree that they're a lot more that are big spenders than are really cutting taxes and waste, right? I, I agree with that 100%, Joe. And I did want to ask you, it's, uh, it's funny to see the uh, what I call the circular firing squad on the Republican side build up already. Rand Paul's already being attacked. Ted Cruz has already been attacked. One of the things that gets brought up about Ted Cruz, in fact, I find it really ironic, is the, the birther issue about his eligibility. And this is not necessarily from Republicans, but from Democrats. So they, they don't Find it when their own president's eligibility is questioned, but when a Republican who is a, a very eloquent speaker and, and highly intelligent comes out, and does, I think Cruz was born in Canada or something like that. Anyway, do you have any issues with his potential eligibility, or do you think that'll be an issue against him? I really don't think he would. They've had uh, uh, Democrats and Republican rules that prove that he's eligible, and, and it was something interesting. Alan Dershowitz, who's a big liberal, he taught Ted at Harvard. And he said there's never been a smarter student ever gone through Harvard than Ted Cruz. I tell you what, I can't wait till the, I tell you where the separation is going to start in this election. When you get Cruz in the debates, I wouldn't want to debate from what I've heard, and I've talked to a lot of people. I can't mention his name, but one of the, one of the person, you would know who he was. He's a famous person. I spent about an hour with him, and he told me that he had spent an hour with Ted Cruz, and he said, Joe, He's the smartest person I've ever met. When Cruz gets in these debates, I wouldn't want to debate. If I was a Republican, or certainly if I was Hillary Clinton, I wouldn't want to mess with Ted because they say he can just, you know, win, win easily and you're bleeding to death and you don't, know, and you don't even realize you're bleeding, uh, Greg. Well, I'd be worried about the, the green eggs and ham attack from, from Mr. Cruz. I mean, he's clearly proficient in Dr. Seuss, right? Yeah, he's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the filibuster. Well, that's another thing about him standing up. You know, a lot of the re what's interesting to me those, and I think McConnell and Boehner ought to be fired. I'm glad to say that on your show. They've been in Washington ten thousand years. I'm for term limits. You know, just like Johnny, he's on his third term. Great guy, love Johnny. But we need new people. We got to get some new blood in Washington and Atlanta who will stand up and fight for the American taxpayers. And McConnell and Boehner. They've been there so long, I think they've both forgotten who pays their salary. Well, it's not the lobbyist, it's the it's you and me, it's the taxpayer. Well, the, so I think we need to just get anybody that's been in Washington 12 years or in Atlanta for 12 years, I say to the taxpayers, fire them and get some new people. We need new blood. So if anybody's been in Washington longer than 12 years or Atlanta, I, there may be an exception or two, but I don't think so. I say even if they're good, get Get rid of them, bring in some new blood. We need, and one thing really encouraging, you've had them on your show. We've got six, six or seven real young leaders who are fantastic. People like Abby Fry, Harrison Lance, Nicole Gitz, uh, they're, they're a bunch of them. Megan Hansen, uh, Will Kramer. We've got some, Alex Johnson. We've got some great young leaders that make me just feel 
great about the future of the country. So I say, let's kick out of office these incumbent Republicans and Democrats and bring in some young people. They, they couldn't do any worse, Greg. Well, I was about to say um, we, we did want to end on a, on a bright note, and you mentioned several of our friends. Uh, I know Abby's listening up at uh, Athens at She's University right. of Georgia, and uh, i got to say I, I, too, am am heartened by uh, what I see is a lot of engagement from younger people. Joe, if you can hold on a minute, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that movement, um, but we got to come up on our 2.30 break, so if you can All wait. Right, for- I'm, 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 I'm holding. That's great, okay. Greg. I'm enjoying it. Thank right, you wait, so much. All right. We'll be back in two minutes to finish up. Well, Joe, we're going to finish up on some bright stories. We like to complain a little bit on Greg's, but we want to also be the Reagan optimist that that we know everybody appeals to. We'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism. We just uh, were in the midst of talking to Joe McCutcheon, a fiery first 15 minutes, doing a little bit of of, uh, rabble-rousing on some of the uh, conservatives that aren't acting quite as conservative as they like to advertise. But uh, Joe mentioned uh, some of the younger people and some of the younger leaders that that, that hearten all of us. And, uh, Joe, you work with uh, Linda Clary Umberger on this project. What I've noticed, the, the biggest thing is our college Republicans and young Republicans are actually proud of the brand. They're not running away from the Republican brand. Have you, is that something that you've noticed as well? Yeah, that, I have. A, I want to pay tribute to Linda Umberger. She's a great lady, and she's the queen of encouragement. Uh, she's like a second mother to people like Abby, uh, Abby Fry, and Harrison Lance, and Will Kramer, and she's a great lady, and we want to spread this, talk about optimism. Greg, we want to inspire, uh, spread this encouragement word all over the world. Encourage people, lift them up, and, you know, these people... Uh, that I'm some of these Republicans that I'm not attacking them. I don't do any personal attacks. I just think we need some new leaders. They're fine people. The people that voted for those tax increases, they're fine people. I just don't think they ought to be in office. I want to get people in office that cut spending and cut wages and cut taxes. But they're fine people. I don't ever attack the people. They probably think that we need tax increases. I just don't think that. So I want to make sure you understand that when yeah. I'm upset with somebody, it's not a personal attack. 
Uh, I don't I don't believe in that. These anybody that runs for office and serves, I appreciate them, but I just think we need some new blood. Boehner and McConnell have been there too long. But I am really fired up, and I've never felt better about the future of America with people like Abby Fry, Harrison Lance. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Reagan, a Reagan uh, optimist. I, I love Ronald Reagan. He's my hero, and I think Cruz will be a great president. But I think we have a lot of qualified candidates. So I'm not going to attack, and Ted's not going to attack. We're not going to attack uh, these, these other Republican candidates, even Hillary. I'm not a Hillary fan. She's a big government person, but as far as I know, she's a nice person. I don't I don't ever want to make any personal attack certainly not on any talk show you know what i mean yeah well no and 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 i agree with that i think that there's a difference between the personal attacks and critiquing uh what i call our employees because nobody no people say they wouldn't ask to run for office that's a little bit of a sign of hubris in my opinion if somebody runs for office it's because they think they can do a better job than than other people and they're willing to take the challenge to lead but like any employee we they're the the taxpayers or their employers should have every right to critique them i just uh i I'm, I'm one of the first people to actually critique leaders and uh, it, it, do it in any means necessary. But you're right. The negativity is where I think Republicans lose an audience. And unfortunately, yeah. now with the rise of social media, that's why I always think your posts are so so positive and uplifting because you're not really bashing other people. You're just really excited about Ted Cruz. That's correct. And, and let, let me say something. I think what you're saying about they are our employees. These, these politicians that we elect, they must realize they should put not us, not lobbyists or not the governor or not anybody ahead of the taxpayers. The taxpayers, they pay Tom Graves' salary and David Perdue and Johnny Isaacson, and they ought to look to us. If they're not willing to put the taxpayers first, I would even call them all. If they're not saying they're willing to put the taxpayers first, they ought to resign from office. But I will say this again. I am extremely optimistic. I think people like Abby Fry and Nicole Gatz, Harrison Lance, I think they could be president of the United States someday. I would put Georgia's top young leaders against anybody in the country. So I'm a, I am really fired up and energized. And Linda Umberger is one of the great encouragers in the world. People yeah. like Layla Shipman over at Rome. There's a lot of great things happening, Greg. I want you to know I'm a, I'm a, a great optimist, and, I'm, and when I when I'm critical when I'm critical of somebody's voting record, that doesn't mean I don't like them. Just like Johnny, I like I think Johnny is one of the finest people I've ever known. But I just don't think he's conservative. I think he's been there too long, and that's not a. That's just a personal opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and the idea that somehow we couldn't find 535 other qualified people to operate Congress is just, uh, I, I mean, I don't understand that. And so you get these Mitch McConnells that have been there for 30 years and Boehner's been there 20, and they become entrenched, and they do become pawns of the lobbyists because those are the ones who fund their re-election campaigns. The, the incumbents have a, more than a 90% re-election rate. Now, that didn't work out too good for Eric. Cantor uh, this past time, but... Uh you know, I, like that too. I think that's great. The <laughs> counter got beat. Go ahead, though. Yeah, but uh, so so they have this power of incumbency, and then they become empowered, and their districts say, "Oh my God, we've got somebody on Homeland Security now. We got to keep him." So it's a little bit of a vicious cycle. I, I'm not sure if the inmates will ever patrol themselves and vote themselves term limits. So I, uh, I, I it's it's a systemic problem as far as people just staying in office forever and not being taxpayer champions. Well, we got to we got to wake up people not to vote for, in my opinion, not to vote for any incumbent who's been in Washington or Atlanta longer than twelve years. That to me is long enough for anybody to be in one office. We need 
you know, we need we need new new blood, like you say. We can. I'd vote for Abby and Harrison. I'd replace most of those people with Abby and Harrison <laughs> and Will Kramer right now. I'm serious. I, I told them that they, uh, Nicole came up here to see me and uh, Alex Johnson. Heck, I'd vote for every one of them over most of our incumbents in Georgia and Washington right now. As I long, think we as... need some of these young, smart people. They wouldn't vote for a bridge to know. You know, the bridge to Alaska to nowhere. That's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you know, I asked Johnny how he could vote for that. How, did, how in the world could anybody vote for a bridge to Alaska to nowhere? <laughs> I mean, those things are just unbelievably bad, you well, know? Yeah, well, as long as uh, all those young leaders have valid birth certificates, I'm willing to look at them. <laughs> well, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Joe, anyway, it's been a true pleasure. I uh, I can't wait to get you back on the show um, when you get uh, when we get some more of the uh, candidates jumping out to have your positive comments and, uh, and, and holding people accountable. It's a good juxtaposition, but I do support uh, all, all that you do for some of our younger leaders, and I'm proud of our younger leaders for, for being uh, so adamant and supportive of the Republican Party because to, for too many, yeah. too many times we let our the, the older generation make promises that, 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 frankly, we don't necessarily agree with as a younger generation, and you stepping up as a leader and encouraging all of them is really great. So, Joe well, McCutcheon... Greg, I want to invite you up to LJ as the encouragement capital of the world. I want to invite <laughs> you up to LJ to have lunch with me, and I promise you will encourage you. As soon as I get through, I'm going to write on the a right on a post saying everybody needs to listen. Greg, what are you on? Are you on every day or just certain days? Oh, I don't know if the airwaves could handle me every day. No, I'm on Tuesdays from 2 to 3 p.m., and uh, I appreciate you uh, spreading the good word. Ella J is up in Gilmer County, Georgia. It's God's country up there, up, up near Dalton and uh, northwest Georgia, and uh, just really beautiful. I worked up in Dalton for a couple years, many about a decade ago, actually. I can't believe time certainly <laughs> time certainly flies. Well, come on, but, have lunch with me in the encouragement capital of the world and we'll encourage everybody to listen to your program okay well that sounds like a good deal to me thank you joe mccutcheon and thank, thank you greg okay Bye-bye. thanks bye perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of it in the encouragement guru the czar of encouragement and uh what a what a great interview. As you can tell, he's a little fired up about our uh, our friend Theodore Cruz, the junior senator from Texas. At, um, you know, we'll see how Ted shakes out. Ted had more experience than just two years in the Senate. He was, uh, I believe, the Solicitor General for the state of Texas. So he does have a lot of experience taking on a lot of different issues. Maybe not quite the managerial slash CEO skills that uh, I think some of the governors are going to bring to the table. But uh, again, we're going to have a a really good menu of potential candidates. And I'm excited for it. I just hope it doesn't turn into uh, just an attack machine from the right. David, I'm sure you agree with that, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and I I think that's a a very good point. And we're already seeing it. You know, destruction with from within is you can you can battle and defeat words from people outside from the other party or whatever, but destruction from within is going to kill the Republican right. Party if it happens, and yeah. uh, that's what killed uh, uh, 
killed the Republican Party in 2008 and 2012. Yeah, 2008, I really, I think I just kind of turned a deaf ear because the media was just so in love with the Hillary machine and then obviously the Obama machine took over that and unfortunately with the way the economy downturn just happened to uh, coincide with that election, it really dovetailed nicely for a Democrat win. They took over the House of Representatives, well, they expanded their majorities in the House and the Senate, and they in- eventually, once they paid off Arlen Specter, had a uh, filibuster proof, which allowed them to pass some pretty bad stuff, some pretty onerous legislation. And speaking, and that's a nice little segue into this uh, that I just saw this morning, um, speaking of onerous legislation having to do with firearms, there is Representative Rosa DeLauro, Democrat out of Connecticut, that is proposing, yeah, I know, she's, she's, she loves America, that's going to be proposing the support, assault, firearm, elimination, and education of our Safer Streets Act. Its acronym is the SAFER Act. And basically what she wants to do is have people that have these assault weapons Weapons that assault you, I guess, on their own. They don't have to have a human behind it, but these assault weapons. And people can voluntarily turn them in and get a $2,000 tax credit. <laughs> I, I call it the, the guns for car, or, or the cash for carbines program here. And it, it's, I, they say that there are unintended consequences about some of these liberal laws that come out. I can imagine. Somebody with a with an AR-15, which AR stands for armor, right, by the way, not assault rifle. So many liberals think that that's what it stands for. It doesn't. That maybe they have an older AR-15. They're going to trade it in, get $2,000, buy a newer one, and a Glock to match it. So you're, you could be potentially doubling it. So there's taking from taxpayers, giving $2,000 to people to voluntarily turn in their guns, and what are they going to do with that money, Dave? They're probably going to buy more guns with it. It's, this is the most insane, obtuse idea not, I have ever seen. They're not going to get seen. anybody who turned in a weapon. The, the folks that own, quote, unquote, which are not. They're not assault rifles to begin with. Uh, you can't have an automatic weapon, and they're not yeah. automatic. So right, but the, she's got. They, they know they have this specific list, and you basically, know, this is the scary gun. List. If the gun looks scary, it's on this list, Dave. Regardless of whether its legitimate uh, use is for for hunting rhinos, and not yeah. not rhinos as in the Republican acronym, but this, rhinos as in African rhinos. This same lady and every candidate should be asked this question, particularly Democratic candidates. Do you believe in incarceration without charges against you? And every candidate should be asked what they think about Carnes County Residential Center and and also the facility in Gilly, Texas. Mm -hmm. Are you aware of it? No, I am not, thankfully, I think. Uh, Every candidate, everyone that's listening to this show should Google them. Carnes County Residential Center. Sounds that, nice, that, doesn't it? It sounds like where the Carnies hang out. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds like a nice... <laughs> it is a contract prison for people that come here legally and ask for asylum from a country that is... I've got a Carnes Correctional Center, yes. Mm-hmm. 
And that's Carnes spelled with a uh, C A R N E S. Yeah. Well, I've also it's got Carnes a, a with a K as well. So it sounds oh. like there may be multiple. This is in Texas. Competitors. And, uh, the 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 problem is these people that are you know we have a law we have immigration laws these people have not broken a law one and the mothers women and children are being incarcerated for nothing for coming here and asking for asylum from a country that is is enslaving people. Yeah, Greg, well, we got to anyway, take a break. Let's take our break. David Johnson from Strategic Vision will be calling in to do a little rundown of the uh, the the new atmosphere for the presidential race. Back in a couple minutes on Greg's list. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. Learn strategies to protect you and your family in the age of Obamacare. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an ongoing project called Hershey's for Heroes. Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot Conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on AmericasWebRadio.com. We just finished up a uh, fiery interview on Get Fired Up Day with Joe McCutcheon out of Ella J, Georgia. Now joining us for some, some more analysis, our friend from Strategic Vision, David Johnson. David, how are you? Welcome back to the show. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm good. We are now seeing the dominoes starting to fall. Me and you have kind of hypothesized about potential candidates. Now we have, and then there were two. We have Cruz and Paul, two senators that have announced. When do you think the governors are going to start jumping in this thing? 
Well, we have one more senator who's going to jump in, uh, and that's next week. Marco Rubio is running for president. I know from uh, my friends down in Florida that Jeff Atwater, the CFO of Florida, has already begun making phone calls to Republican donors saying that he's running for Rubio's seat. So we have <laughs> one more senator still to jump in. And after that, I think we'll begin seeing the governors jump in. Okay, so basically they each want to kind of have their two-week uh, uh, fame somewhat because I, I think Cruz, maybe maybe even on week three now, I think his... Uh, Cruz had more time. Rubio's uh, jumping in on some of the Rand Paul fanfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Cruz did a pretty masterful job of jumping in when he did. What do you think about that? Oh, he did. And the other thing is, too, that I thought was smart, he and his team downplayed what they thought they were going to raise in that first week. They said they'd be lucky to raise a million. They raised about four million. Right, and they became first out of the block with the. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good uh, uh, commercial. I don't know how far it ran. I know it was produced for uh, on, and out on YouTube, but it clearly was going after the uh, the Mike Huckabee wing of the party. And in a in a Republican primary, that that'll get you places. Oh, it really will. I think he really had a great launch. Uh, he's raising money. He's moving in the polls. The key is, can he keep this momentum going as other candidates begin jumping in? Right. I mean, realistically, right now, all of these candidates are looking to be an alternative to Jeb Bush, to Scott Walker, and to Rand Paul. Okay, so you're saying that Rand Rand would be probably running. You've got Bush and Walker that are first and second, and then Rand, you would say, is the top the top tier right now? Exactly, and we have different tiers in the party. I know your previous guest probably wouldn't like to hear this, but <laughs> Ted Cruz isn't up there yet. Jeb Bush is the establishment candidate. We know that Chris Christie's going nowhere. I'm even wondering if he's actually going to run. Then we have conservatives looking to be the alternative to Jeb in the primaries. Scott Walker's winning that primary right now. Mm-hmm. And then Rand Paul has the libertarian, the liberty republican wing of the party all to himself. So these other candidates now are looking to try to get in and nudge out Walker and maybe Rand Paul. Yeah, uh, apparently Rand's announcement today would just uh, hit uh, the nail on the head, was spot on. I'm seeing a lot of uh, of positive um feedback on uh, on Twitter and Facebook and just p- talking to people in general. So uh, he, I think, um, coming out today uh, certainly gave him an advantage. Uh, this morning, Fox is already out attacking him, though, and that's what I worry about is that we do this circular firing squad and they're going to put out the pundits and Fox... I think people need to look at some of the motives of some of these conservative-leading programs and shows. They only care about ratings. And what builds ratings but competition and, and, and combustion between candidates? So well, let's well, be, let's what be a little... to realize, too, is what a lot of people are worried about with Rand Paul is that he is his father. However, very much like Barry Goldwater couldn't win over the popular... Uh, the population, but Ronald Reagan could say the same things in a different manner, that Rand Paul might be, you know, the libertarian's version of Ronald Reagan. And that's why you're seeing this pushback on him and the attacks. I mean, you have newspapers. I just saw the New York Times. They're criticizing him for trying to appeal to young voters. (laughs) Remember, they were all for Obama when he was appealing to young voters to beat McCain and uh, Hillary. Right. 
Well, that's the thing is they're gonna they're gonna pick apart. I don't mind it if it's from the left attacking us. I just I don't like it when it's coming from the right. I, I want to have a, a, a civalized debate, and I think there are clearly differences. We're gonna have uh, management we're experience. We're gonna get differences. The other thing is, I think we're gonna see Scott Walker fall under an incredible attack among members of his own party from Wisconsin. And I think uh, some things could be coming out that could really undermine Scott Walker. So there is an opening for Ted Cruz and these other candidates right now. All right. What kind of, uh, I mean, to me, Scott Walker is is one of our most vetted candidates. He's won three out of four years, beaten a, a recall petition. So what could be coming out about Governor Walker? There may be, I, I know that there are some duplicitous statements about uh, his stance on amnesty and the uh, the illegal oh, immigration. Well, they're going to be coming out, um, number one, in Wisconsin, you know, we have a very competitive U.S. Senate race. It'll probably decide control of the U.S. Senate. <laughs> He has told people not to donate to Ron Johnson, who's running for re-election, our Republican senator, mm. not to donate to the Wisconsin Republican Party, only donate to him. If they don't, don't think about doing business with the state. Well, that... Um, That's going to come back to hurt him. Yeah, I would... The I, other and, thing I, is and I have a problem with that. statements, so. including, it's almost like he's trying to imitate Bob Dole, and I think this is going to get some play as well. I uh, remember in 96, uh, Bob Dole said, if you want another Ronald Reagan, I'll be another Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Scott Walker's going around uh, telling people that he's got this special bond with Ronald Reagan, and he can be another Ronald Reagan if that's what they want. That's going to hurt him. Then the other thing is, too, uh, some of his statements on foreign policy, I think, are going to come back to bite him as well. And in Wisconsin, all of a sudden, He's dumping it on the legislature to pass uh, the conservative measures. He's trying to straddle and trying to moderate his stand. And I think that's going to hurt him as well. Yeah, well, it, I mean, th- and that really is a tough uh, road to go. I mean, I, I look at the the body work he accomplished in the first four years. Uh, some of these comments, if they, if they are true, they they do raise some uh, some red flags with me. But again, if you uh, worry about a perfect candidate, then you're going to be waiting around. Oh, there's a no long perfect time. candidates. But what I'm saying is, I think he peaked too early. Remember, in 2008, we had a different flavor, it seemed, just about mm-hmm. every other month. <laughs> yeah. Michelle Bachman, Herman Cain, Newt Gingrich, Ray right. Perry, uh, Newt Gingrich again. What I'm saying is, I think with uh, mm-hmm. Scott Walker, he's peaked too early. You don't want all the fire aimed at you. Right. The other thing is, too, we have this aim straw poll coming up in Iowa. Okay. The one thing that Scott Walker has done that I think is horrible, and I would never advise a candidate to do, is he's raising expectations of a landslide win in the straw poll. And you and I know, you've worked uh, campaigns as well. When you set expectations, you better meet those expectations because if you don't, the big story is how you failed and whoever is number two behind you is the big winner. Right, and I mean, Michelle Bachman won the straw poll um, in t- 2012. Exactly, and it didn't so, go anywhere. Yeah, so that's... But he's talking about winning with 60% of the vote or more. Yeah, well, again, uh, to me... Yeah, this, I mean, I think that's setting expectations yeah. too high. Yeah, well, Ron, you know, Ron Paul won all sorts of uh, 
of straw polls, but uh, it amounted to nothing. If you have a bunch of people that like to press yes on an Internet thing, or if you have a lot of uh, highly um, energetic supporters that show up to, to breakfasts and, and rallies, then of course you're going to win straw polls. But, you know, if you only get 6% of the popular vote, then you're certainly not a viable candidate. And that was always people's frustration with, I guess, the, the Ron Paul wing is that they were the most vocal and they demanded that their 6% voice be catapult him up to be the, the nominee. And that's just not how politics works. I think that the the fire against Scott Walker, him getting it now, shows that he's a formidable candidate. And with these other guys jumping in this race, especially once, once Rubio jumps in within a week or two, you're going to have three candidates that are pretty different from each other, I think, um, with different levels of experience. Uh, Rubio and Cruz both had experience in the legislature or the uh, solicitor general's office. So I... I'm thinking that the left is going to have a lot of time throwing darts at those guys, and the Republicans are going to have to kind of strategically figure out, all right, if I'm not presidential material, can I be a VP candidate? So it's Well, why do you think George Pataki and some of these guys are running? Yeah, that's of, of course. Well, some of them are running to sell books, too, like Mike Huckabee. So. Well, I think Pataki actually thinks he's got a shot at the VP spot. Right. Well, and that's where you could look at a, a Scott Walker looking at a Rand Paul or a or a Rubio or, you know, I think Carly Fiorina might be setting up very nicely for a VP slot. That or Secretary of the Treasury. Yeah, well, so that, that there's a lot. I'll tell you, though, the one person we have not mentioned who's going to have a hundred uh, million reasons or more of why he's formidable is Jeb Bush. Despite the rhetoric... Jeb Bush is still a formidable candidate. Oh, of course. Yeah, I, the reason I haven't talked about him too much is I think he's clearly one or two in the race. So, you know, oh, he I'm, is. I'm and I'll ca- say this too: the one thing that could hurt him is I think his time, though, may have come and gone. Had his name been anything other than Jeb Bush in two thousand eight, he would have been the front runner for the nomination. So that based might on have, his record so, in Florida. So he may be missing. now. If you look at it, where the party is today. Uh, his time out of office, he's further to the left than the party is today. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that uh, that he'll have to convince voters of is that he can work with a conservative Congress. David, thank you again for joining us. This is going to be fascinating to watch for the next uh, 16 months. And we appreciate you guys listening to the Fired Up version of Greg's List today. We'll be back next week, 2 to 3 p.m. on Tuesdays. Thanks. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Watchdog.